Congratulations. You made it to the Xfil. You can sit back and relax, unpack your bags, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you are brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT, and our goal is to get better at the game, so we hope you come along with us for that journey. Tonight, I wanted to talk briefly about all of the ways you guys have supported us, and I just wanted to say thank you during our hideout keeping tonight. Had a tremendous amount of people showing up in Twitch, had Prime subscriptions in Twitch coming basically all day long for the past couple of days. It's been really cool. Really excited to just see the support that's come out for Dottie in the last few days, and just the feedback on that episode. And we've gotten ratings on iTunes. We've gotten tons of streams on Spotify. We've even had people finding us on Pandora, which just went live a week and a half ago. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I wanted to say during this week's hideout keeping regarding that. And if you're looking for somewhere to help us, Facebook, we are there now. XP Media now. Follow us, share it, like it, whatever you can do on Facebook, help us out. But that's that's basically it for hideout keeping. Support for this show tonight is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Save 20% and get free shipping through the holidays with code XFIL. That's E-X-F-I-L, 20% and free shipping with code XFIL at Manscaped.com. The best way you can help us out, as you guys know, always share it with a friend. For those of you that are looking for a way to support directly, we always link our Patreon in the show notes. Every dollar donation goes to keeping this show going and just keeping this dream alive. And I just can't thank you guys enough for doing that as well, those of you who are patrons. Going through and using our code with sponsors and following us on our socials. Uh, for those of you that have managed to get over to the YouTube channel, thank you so much there. And if you're looking for the YouTube channel, it's youtube.com forward slash XP Media now. If you're looking for me specifically, you can find me on Twitch a couple days a week. And I'm also on Twitter and most other social media at MTB Trigger. And you can also find me on Discord under the same tag. So, Ronald, how are you, man? And let these fine folks know how they can get in touch with you as well. Hey, what's up, everybody? Doing pretty good this week. Happy to uh, be recording episode 51. We're almost there. We're almost at a year's worth of weekly shows. It's pretty incredible. And again, I'd like to echo just thank you to everyone that's come along on this journey, uh, enjoyed the show, and shared it with their friends and made the community what it is today. Uh, a year ago, we literally started at zero, and it's really awesome. It's blown our expectations and our minds to get to where it is now, and it's been a blast. So again, thank you for all of that. You can always find me in Discord. Go ahead and tag me in a DM at Ronald, or you can uh, tag me in general chat or whatever you need to do. I answer Discord DMs and messages basically all day long, and we're pretty active in there. You can follow me on the Twitters at Ronald Gaming, and you can DM me on Twitter if you'd like to as well. If you have something more formal, you can hit us up at XP Media 2020 
at gmail.com as more of a corporate sponsor contact, if that's something that you'd like to get over to Mike and I. And finally, I hang out a couple times a week in MTB Trigger's Twitch stream in the afternoon. So if you'll find me there uh, talking and chatting while Trigger's playing whatever game he's playing, and we just kind of hanging out having a good time there. But that's it. Hideout keeping is pretty much done for this week. And so let's talk about Tarkov. And so Trigger, how was your week this week? Coming off the uh, Donnie Hack interview last week, I spent a more time than I really care to admit on that track. And I can say this with absolute certainty is that I really, really dislike inconsistent fans. They make editing audio really challenging <laughs> with their random clicks and their noises. So a lot of my time that would normally be spent on Tarkov was actually spent uh, working on that episode. But that's all good stuff. It's kind of like, you know, if you decide to get into podcasting, you can ask us or you can go listen to all the various spots online about how to do it. But you're basically solving a new problem every single week. And after a while, you think you solved them all, and then another one hits you square in the face. So that was part of it. Uh, but the time I actually did spend in the game, I got to say, I got kind of owned, and it was my own fault. I played a bunch of Factory because I was just kind of wanting to dive into Factory and farm it, not just going for PMC kills like I had been for the Punisher challenge. And it's interesting because my mindset really shifted in learning how to be aggressive and only focus on PMC kills. And what happened is I kept getting in situations, like I think it happened three times, where I was farming and I just didn't listen to myself. And I ended up having, I don't know, I would say probably three deaths where I died with a bag full, a gun or two looted off a scav or other PMCs. I had barter items and I just died because I got greedy and I wanted the loot off of that PMC that I hadn't got to and or I wanted to get the loot off of a pile of scavs and just maximize my inventory. And I died a bunch of times. And so it's really interesting how trying to learn a different play style and then going back to my own, I was really struggling on Factory this week. The other thing that I've noticed related to that is I've noticed that there's a ton of players that are in the level 30 to 45 range, and they're very highly skilled players. And it's a concept that we've kind of touched on, but I feel like there is a ton of people that are low or medium playtime, high-skilled players that are now entering into these more PvP-heavy situations with the goal of PvPing or farming these smaller maps. And so it was a challenging week as far as deaths go, but it was also motivating in that, okay, it's game on in Factory, my over-aggressiveness got me killed. I need to slow it back down if I really want to farm there still. And it was just a really good break from pushing the end tasks. I think I'm down to less than 20 till Kappa, which as everyone knows, I'm not exactly going after that again. But it has motivated me to try some new stuff out. So I'll say I learned a lot of hard lessons or relearned a lot of hard lessons this week. But overall, it was uh, it was challenging. I'll say that. It was challenging. How about you, man? Well, this week's been kind of interesting and fun for me. I got my Bitcoin farm to level three. Again, I'm in that low time camp, so just got to level three with the Bitcoin farm. So that meant I had to buy 25 more graphics cards, which wasn't really a big deal. 
I was sitting on about 78 million liquid. And so I bought uh, 25 graphics cards, which I think cost me around five or six million. You know, so that was kind of fun to me and my play style and my game. That's kind of the height of what I strive for in the wipe. And now I'm kind of at the point where I'm in bonus time or just I'm going to try to get better at certain aspects of the game that I'm not good at or I feel like I could progress in would be the better way to say it. And so I'm really working on being better in the high PvP areas. And so I've spent about an equal amount of time inside of Resort on Shoreline as I have doing my normal scav type runs. I had some really good and I'll, I'll call them really high valuable loot runs that were unexpected. And so I was able to make about 7 million this week in currency and get back up to just over 80 million as uh, just checked before we started recording. And, you know, I mean, for the guys who play all the time, that's nothing. And then for guys who don't get a chance to play very often, you know, that seems like an unattainable number as far as currency goes. For me, it's about average. Uh, with the way that I play and what I like to do in Tarkov. But I have decided that I'm going to spend the rest of this wipe, however long it is, dedicating myself to getting better at close quarters PvP. I really like MP7 builds, and I've been building MP7s, running around and sneaking around, and I've found that I can play my style of Tarkov. I can play the sneaky game and get into high PvP areas and have success. I've died a fair amount, but I've also had a fair amount more success learning dynamic sound inside of some of these high PvP areas. And one of the things that I think Tarkov is affording me at this point is that I really don't care about how much money I lose. And so I have given myself a goal that I can go down to 25 million rubles. So I'm willing to commit like 50 million rubles to this cause to get better at close quarters PvP. I started that last week and this week, I've gotten better. I, I have progressed another notch and I made 7 million rubles. So, I mean, you know, it was good that I didn't lose, but also good that uh, we gained some skill there uh, on that side. So I've actually had a pretty good week in Tarkov. Really nothing more complicated than that. Okay. So you just said that you spent maybe half your time or a little over half your time running around the resort. Is that, did I hear that right? That is correct, quite intentionally as well. You know, I've spent a lot of time around resort, killing chads going into the resort, but I have not spent time chasing after them into the building. And so that's that's where we're spending our time now. And um, it's going, you know, sometimes it goes horribly wrong because it, it just is what it is. And sometimes uh, I run into Sanitar. And so that's always interesting. Sometimes... I get to hide in a spot for 15 minutes and I kind of hear people working around me and wait until they get to my area and they run right up on me and they had no idea I was there. And then there are other times where, depending on the level of the Tarkov audio situation, which can be really interesting from floor to floor in resort, depending on how well the audio is working in that particular raid, I have been able to just yesterday sneak up on a group of two players and they had no idea. I was below them, and maybe they couldn't hear me, but I got to the stairwell where they were working towards, 
And they ran right into me and I got them both. And I was actually pretty proud of that because they were both pretty well geared people. One was a level 55. And so it was a, it was a pretty good win for me. And, you know, it's just not something that happens to me very often or hadn't in the past. And so I decided that in preparation for next wipe, I am going to run full at getting better at close quarters PvP. Yeah, and and the reason I I wanted to draw attention back to that is we've played a lot of Shoreline together. We were focused on tasks, and we would only go into the resort basically to get something and get out. So I kind of want to rewind here before we kind of get into the main chunk of the show, and I'm not big on resort. I don't know the wings. I've read the guides before. I've gone after Ledexes, but it It's not something I've done with any sort of consistency, so I don't have a lot of knowledge there. So I kind of want to hear from your perspective as someone who knows like the entire map extremely well, and you know how to basically, I would say, dominate on the perimeter of the resort as well. How are you going at the resort? How are you approaching learning the inside of resort? And I'm talking, what are you gearing up with? You know, you mentioned the MP7, but like, go head to toe. What are you wearing? why and i want to hear how you're approaching you know maybe from the east spawn and the west spawn like what are you doing to get in there sure so i'm pretty much gearing up with that new black armor i still don't remember the name of it off the top of my head <laughs> but that one every time which is you know like daddy was talking about last week it has some downside to it it's not exactly uh something that can absorb maybe more than one or one and a half pvp encounters However, it still is very cheap kind of for what it is. Because of that, I am going through it uh, and using that because I'm you know, going to die a lot in this process as well. The MP7 build that I'm using uh, is really not that much different than the standard MP7 that I think you buy from Peacekeeper. And then I just put a different red dot on it, whatever I had available, and... I know that you can do an MP7 build with a scope and a red dot. I have not been doing that. I've just been putting a red dot on it. And again, this is all just experimentation for me. And I've been focusing on, I know how the people, the loot runners run into the resort. I know where they go because I've been camping out and killing them from the outsides of the building. So I know, I know the lanes. So I decided that I was going to change my lane a little bit. And one of my favorite things to do is to start in the basement of admin. And I sit down in the basement of admin uh, for just a minute or two, and I just listen. And I just listen to what's going on above me. And it's all started because I had an extract for a scav that was admin basement. And I didn't have anything really, but I was running kind of out of time. And I thought, you know what? I don't care if I die in the scav run. I want to walk around and without a headset, figure out what I can hear. And that's how this whole grand experiment started. I've been going down in the basement of admin and, you know, you can get around, there's a swimming pool down there, so you can get around the pool and get all the way to the other end of the wing and go up the steps. And because of that, there's a way that you can literally, you can circumvent an entire floor of trying to navigate around while people are running around up there. And there's no loot really in that area. Everybody runs down to the locker room by the pool, but never goes in the pool area. I've used the pool area to like navigate to the other side of the building. And I'm not an expert at the callouts. I don't play resort with anybody. I do it myself. So I really don't care about where I am in the building because I know what it looks like. So I know where I am. And I'm still working on becoming an expert at the exact rooms and wings and all of that. But I've started doing this because I can pop up on the other side of the swimming pool up the steps. And I'm right at the end 
of the hallway, kind of, I think it's by Sanitar's office, actually. I think that's where that, that step stairwell is. And I usually, I, I can sit there in the stairwell and to my right side is, is just the wall of the building, the end of the building. And to my left side is the whole floor. And so I've been sitting in that area. And if I don't hear anything, I slow walk up the steps to the next floor. And sometimes you don't hear something, sometimes you do. And then if I don't hear anything for like 10 or 15 minutes, you know, there and there's nobody around, I'll just walk around in the different rooms in loot. And so fill up with whatever I can find. And then I'll get to the middle of the resort on the third floor. I think it's the third floor that has, there's like an, there's a room, like an elevator room or something like that behind the staircase. And I'm probably saying this wrong. The people that, you know, the people that know resort well are probably just like, what is he talking about? But there's a room behind when you go up the stairs in the middle of it. I think it's in the, it's in the east on the third floor. There's a room back there where you can kind of see down the hallway and then you can kind of hear down the other hallway and wait. And I've been hanging around in that area. And again, to me, it's all about trying to figure out where people are without them having knowing where I am. And then, you know, at about 33 minutes down to about 27 minutes, the scavs start spawning in the resort. And so, you know, there's at least two to three scavs that I run in and usually get those kills or use the scavs as bait. And you'll end up having other PMCs go after the scavs or they're a player scav or whatever. But it's been really interesting because it's not as scary as I thought it was. I will say one thing, though, that there are some great players that go in there, expect some, you know, some sweaty battles. One of the other big things is I've started using a lot more grenades because, again, I've dedicated 50 million rubles to the pursuit of making Ronald better at close quarters PvP. So we're buying grenades and we're, we're not afraid to use grenades. And, uh, you know, the whole experience is really interesting and I'm sure we're going to break it down more, but that's really what I've been doing. I've been using sound as like step one to try to get better at the resort. I, I find it fascinating that you're doing it from your initial gut or your initial experience being a scav without a headset and you're kind of exploring what you can and can't hear. So have you used multiple headsets? Is there's one that you've landed on for your specific play style in the resort? I like Sordens. That's a personal preference. I've always liked Sordens. I mean, you can use a Comtac too. That's fine. I don't know. There, there probably are, and I'm, I'm sure there are because it's Tarkov. I'm sure there are actual very large differences between the different headsets for what their strengths and weaknesses are. I'm honestly not sure if I'm good enough to tell the difference in every situation. So, I mean, if you are, that's great. I'd love to hear, you know, like what it is, but I don't know if I can tell the difference. And other the thing with Tarkov sound is a bit inconsistent at times as well. So it's hard to necessarily say this headset for me is better than another one. So I just stick with Sordens because I have an idea of what a Sordon sound like when they're picking up people walking above me or below me. Headsets to me have become less about there's a certain correct headset and more about use the same one so you just know what it sounds like in that one. I don't know. What about you? What do you think about headsets? I, I'm kind of the same. I use Sordens almost all the time once I unlock them. I may use a headset if I get one. You know, so like if I scav and I end up finding a Taxport or a Comtac or even the Earbleed one, whatever, whatever that one is, I'll, I'll put it on. I like the boosted sounds. 
That being said, I have been wondering recently if it's worth trying to learn how to do it without a headset and then turn my volume up accordingly. I've never done that. I'm assuming there's people that do that. Maybe on the open maps, like I know of someone who does that on woods specifically. They don't use a headset on woods. And I still use swordens on woods just because I'm used to it. That's why I asked, because I was curious if your no sound experiment or your no headset experiment was causing you to do something else, causing you to try that on a PMC. And it's, I guess, the times I've been in there, I always go in with a sword and that's just my go-to. And where this was all leading is I kind of just wanted you to give like your, you know, you just started this. I think everybody knows that learning something in Tarkov can take weeks or months. But what are your like, what are your key things you've learned so far? Like if you're talking to me, someone who hasn't really put the time into Learn Resort, what are the things you would tell me to pay attention to if I was going to go start this? I think it's kind of pointless to try to beat everybody to the different marked rooms. You can, but most PMCs that run Shoreline specifically, if they get an east side spawn and you're on the west side, you're not going to beat them to all the high value loot. So you have to change your approach to killing the people that have the high value loot. (laughs) And that's kind of been my approach. I don't have the keys for the high value rooms in resort. I have no plans to get them. That to me is not where I'm going to really thrive because I don't think that's the way to win resort. I think that the way to win resort is to get people coming out of it and catch them when they're loaded up and when they're they're feeling a sense of urgency to get out because they're full and they're maybe playing a little bit off their A game because they're scared. Because when people don't have any loot, they're playing like they have nothing to lose. You really, it doesn't matter in any map, this is the case. It's when people have something to lose that they, they hesitate and that's when you can take advantage of that if they're a better player than you are. And I expect the people that I run into in resort to be better at close quarters PvP than I am. So in order to create some kind of advantage for myself, I have to change the situation to be the something that's more advantageous for me. And so within the first, I don't know, within the first 10 to 15 minutes, I try not to get too far into the building. I try to stick towards the back because most of the people, if Rock Passage is open, that's where they go. They're running for Rock Passage. And I have gotten lucky and I've got a couple of PMCs running out of the building for Rock Passage and they were loaded. They had gotten everything, you know. And so that was kind of something I've been working out as my first kind of tip for learning resort is once you can figure out what you're actually hearing and if you can tell if it's a PMC or a scav because they just, they do sound a little bit different, especially in the building. You're going to want to focus on, if you're looking for loot, getting the people coming out. I think that's great. I think that's a uh, a super interesting playstyle choice, right, to learn it. And I think it's a great decision. I think the most fascinating thing, and probably for me as I'm listening to you talk about it, uh, part of it is that you assigned a, basically, here's what I'm willing to invest in learning this section of map knowledge. Uh, you may have to develop skills in addition to the map knowledge, but I love that you assigned like a 50 million ruble, uh, (laughs) massive pile of money to learning map knowledge because it is a high tier loot. It is a section that of the 
shoreline map that needs attention. And I think that's what's important. Like if you're going to go into factory and you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to dedicate a million rubles to learning factory. It's probably not going to go that well. If you're going to dedicate, you know, a million rubles to learning the resort, it's probably not going to go that well because the truth is you've probably had a lot of successes. It sounds like you're playing it more strategically. You're listening. You're letting people come to you. You're taking advantage of what you already know on the perimeter of the resort which I think is very wise, but I'm guessing you've gotten to some situations that didn't end well. Now, you may, maybe not, but you're at least planning on it. But you've also gained rubles. So that's fascinating to me in that you're going somewhere that you hadn't spent a lot of time, you assign money to it, and you're up significantly. Is that surprising to you? Mm, yes, in some ways. I would say I died three out of 10 times, and I expected to die seven out of 10 times. The couple of things, I mean, I think I realized I'm not quite as bad at close quarters PvP as I thought I was. I mean, I'm not an ultra chat or anything, but I understand basics of it maybe more than I was giving myself credit for. Also, ammo choice is huge in Tarkov. If you run the highest tier ammo, which I am, I'm making that choice. I run the highest tier ammo and whatever gun I use, I just don't use anything else. You give yourself a better chance. If I used even more expensive armor kits, I probably would even have more success, I guess. But I don't know, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. But I guess, am I surprised that I made money? Mm, Not really. I'm really good at making money in Tarkov. I'm pretty efficient at coming out with stuff. If I die, it's really interesting. The combination of gear that I'm using, the people that kill me, I usually get most of it back in insurance. When you're inside a resort, you're running up against the people running the best of the best most of the time. I don't I never get my guns back, but that's okay, I don't care. But I usually get my armor back and my helmet back for sure. And my bag usually. And so I don't know. I guess I, I guess I'm not surprised. I maybe thought I would die more, but I'm not surprised that I'm able to at least get some kills. Like I didn't go into this thinking I was gonna die nine out of ten times. I went into this knowing that the most challenging piece of learning this part of the map for me was going to be that the people that know the inside of the building well know where to stop and listen. They can tell then if there's a any sound, they know directionally where it is. And so I knew that that was going to be my biggest disadvantage is that I don't know all the directional sound cues. So because of that, I have played on quiet mode and I think that that helped negate some of that disadvantage. And I think that that may maybe make it more successful. It, it all depends on playstyle. My playstyle is not run and gun naturally. So I'm fine sitting and listening for a minute or two and working my way through it. And, you know, if I spend a half hour in the resort and there's nobody there and I just looted a bunch of rooms that were open and I never ran into anybody, then I'll spend the last 20 minutes on the outside in the perimeter and go through everything, you know, and run my way around the map and come out with a bunch of extra gear because there's lots of stuff on Shoreline. They just have to know where to find it. And so I, I guess I'm not surprised, you know, that if I do live, I, I expect to come out of every raid if I live with at least 500,000 rubles worth of stuff. That's kind of my average at this point. Yeah, and it's it's interesting, right? Because it all starts with learning a new section on the map and whether it's task related or high tier loot or PVP or you want to learn a new skill, I do think Tarkov boils down to map knowledge. And the only way to get map knowledge is to go do it. You know, you can watch as many videos as you want, you can 
you know, listen to what we're saying about it. But my encouragement is go do it, right? I, I want to go play resort right now. I'm listening to this like, oh, why haven't I gone in there more? <laughs> I want to go learn it. And part of it's because like, I, I want to be able to find my LEDX's next wipe. I want to be able to do that solo. Like that's something now that listening to you talk about this, I'm like, oh, I could learn how to do this. I think that might be kind of fun. It may not be that I sprint in there. I may need to learn the sound and learn where people go. And, you know, I see people take the, you know, the stims that absolutely, what is it, the SJ6 that will get you into the resort in no time. And then you deal with the side effect. But I think the cool part about the resort is not only that it's indoors, it has a ton of high tier loot, and it's probably the number one area that gets talked about related to loot availability. And as we're talking through this, I just can't help but go back to the conversation last week with Dottie, you know, and, and as you kind of wrapped up your thoughts talking about how you expect to leave a raid with 500k, I'm just thinking about the resort as the most common place when we're talking about loot availability or dynamic loot. Resort seems to be the place that all of those conversations center around. And I think it's because it's such a big map and then you have the one area that everyone knows has the high tier loot and the PvP and all of that. And since it is static spawn locations for the Ledexes and the red card, you you create a PvP choke point. And so I, I want to talk about this a little bit more. And before I jump into that, I want to ask you a question and everybody listening a question, because this is going to be really playstyle based. And when we're talking about loot availability or adding dynamic loot, which would be, you know, where items are available, randomly spawning around the map or having a certain chance to spawn in certain areas of the map versus static spawns. The question I would ask you is, do you think there's anything wrong with the current model? If so, what is it? And I'm asking those questions because as I listen to the Dottie episode as I was working on the audio, which I had to go through like three times, I kept thinking through these questions. I was like, what's wrong with the current model? Is there anything wrong with the current model? And I, what I landed on was, I think it may be playstyle based. And you said something to me that has just been resonating to me. And it was something related to good game design. Do you remember what you said to me about that? Yeah, I think we were talking about how good game design should keep a high and a low time player equally engaged. It really shouldn't matter if you play for 60 hours a week and die at your keyboard, or if you play for two hours a week after you're done putting your kids to bed. It really shouldn't matter. A good game should be able to keep you just, you know, the same amount of interested in putting your time in. I hadn't really thought about that until you said it. And it really, it sat with me. Like, I've seriously been just thinking about that ever since you told me. Because I, I went back and I thought through the games that I have spent a lot of time in, especially over a number of years, and through different seasons, right? I have two kids, so there were seasons where I didn't play any games at all. And then there was times where, you know, one of them liked to sleep on my knee while I played World of Warcraft. Like, there's, there's all these different seasons of life. And as I look back at the games in my adulthood that I was highly engaged, whether or not I had high or low playtime, I think back to Diablo. I think Diablo 2 and Diablo 3. I think to WoW. I think to PUBG. And I look at Tarkov. And all of them have a very 
interesting and unique loot style that's related to loot availability and dynamic loot, and they all handle it differently. And it's interesting to me that Battlestate is thinking about completely redoing loot availability and dynamic loot. And I'm not sure if it's right or wrong. I just think that the good game design, keeping high and low time players equally engaged, is the thing that could absolutely be at risk with a massive change to the loot system, which is why I asked the original questions. Do you think anything's wrong with the model? If so, what is it? It's interesting about changing the way the loot works. It's really easy on the surface to say dynamic loot would cause people to use the whole map and look around. Or maybe that would get people away from doing the strategy of running to a particular place over and over and over again. But the more that I kind of thought about this idea, the static loot, yes, it helps the high time players because they just memorize it and they go get it. But it also helps a low time player to at least have a chance without a lot of element of hunting for something. Now, that doesn't mean that it would be bad for low time players necessarily, but it does change the way the game needs to be played. It becomes more random in the chance of success. But that would happen for everybody. It's just the difference is a high time player would have more chances because they had more, you know, attempts. So there is that danger. Danger may be a little bit strong of a word. There is that risk to the engagement of all types of players if they were to go dynamic loot on all these maps. However, I think that the benefit of creating a more diverse play experience probably is worth it over the risk of hurting a low time player base. Because I do think that at the end of the day, it does make the game more engaging for everybody if there's an element of randomness and everything that happens and where the loot can happen. And I'll give you an example of this. There are armors that now are spawning in random places. And I'm finding armor and I'm finding good ammo and I'm finding, like I found a Bitcoin in a in the pocket of a dead scav in Shoreline, the one that's in the bus terminal that's in like the like on the floor there. Uh, there's a Bitcoin in there. And I was like, what? And, you know, so this is all random things that are happening now, which is great. I love that. There could be an opportunity, and I haven't flushed it out enough to think of all the downsides, but there I think there could be some opportunity there. What do you think? I do too. And and that was where I landed and why I brought up those games, because for me, it's so easy to just, you know, laser focus on the one game I'm playing and my play style. And that's why your question kind of led me to realize that I've been high and low playtime in all of these games. And my playstyle changes then. I do different things. I don't farm as much or I don't go PvP as much. I try to get tasks done or whatever. And I was trying to break these games down in a dynamic and loot availability standpoint. And there are positives and there are negatives to each of them, right? So like Diablo, for example. Diablo uses a method of gating by having different difficulty levels, right? You have normal hell, inferno, or normal nightmare in hell, I think. And then you have treasure classes, meaning certain zones have a certain treasure class, which have items assigned to those treasure classes. So if it has a an 80 treasure class, anything 80 and below can drop. And it's totally dynamic with some increased percentages depending on the certain area. 
So that's a system that's very dynamic. Now, they also had another very interesting thing that I haven't ever heard discussed in the Tarkov world. And Diablo was such that you could toggle PvP on or PvP off, but if there were more players in a game, the amount of loot that dropped from killed PvE mobs was increased. And so what happened was there was all these bosses that had higher treasure class or certain areas that had higher treasure class. And people would join games, not party up, and they would go rush around to all these high treasure class areas because if something dropped, it was the first one to pick it up. Now, they've since iterated on that in future versions of the game. I'm talking about Diablo 2. But I was thinking about that, like Tarkov, what if scavs had better loot the more PMCs were in the game, right? I'm not saying I I want that. I'm just saying these are options that BSG could look at. So like if you're sitting in the game and not doing anything and you wait till everybody leaves, well, you may not have as high of a chance to get great loot. Whereas if there's a bunch of people roaming around the map, everybody has a higher chance of loot. Could help the people playing more strategic. Could also really hurt everything, right? Just a thought. And then you have WoW. You have dynamic loot. You have like super high value, high tier items that have extremely low drop rate and can be sold that start dropping day one of new expansions. But then you also have gating of not only passive benefits like the hideout in Tarkov, but you also have structured release of PvE and PvP content, and you can only go so far and certain bosses, certain PvE situations drop certain loot. Now, you may have to do it two, three, four times to get the right one, but you know where to go, you know what you have to do, and you eventually can get that item if you do it enough times. And sometimes you can get lucky. That's kind of a mixture of it. And so I'm I'm just thinking through this, like, does it need to change? Could they adopt some of these things? Does gating make sense? Does truly dynamic make sense? Is it a combo? Is it a multiplier based on how many PMCs are on the map? Would that hurt? Who would it hurt? And it it kind of blows my mind and it it brings me all the way back to I think this is why it's not just Battlestate turning the switch for dynamic loot or saying, hey, the resort has an increased spawn for this because I think the power dynamic is pretty good right now. You just talked about how you're having a super high success rate in a high PvP area playing a non-PvP approach to learning the area. Now, you may end up PvPing. You may end up going all in on close quarters combat and W keying because you've got your 50 million allocated and you may decide you want to push people because you know the sounds well enough. But you are being successful in an area that that's typically not thought to be the best or the meta way to play that area. But it doesn't surprise me that that's working because of your understanding of the economy, but also understanding that you don't just have to hit those high value rooms to get high value stuff because there is some dynamic stuff in there now. If you loot crates, if you loot the gym bags, if you loot that stuff, you can find really valuable stuff. Just like you found the key card or you find a slick armor in a crate. This is just a fascinating concept that the more I think about it, the more challenging I think it is as it changes as Battlestate has to figure out, do we change old maps or do we just make new maps different? (laughs) You know, I think that's why Reserve is so different from Shoreline, is so different from Factory, is so different from Labs. So I I don't know. I guess I don't know the answer. I think there's a couple things that could really, really change it up. And it wouldn't take much game design change. 
I guess would be the way that I would say that. One of the things that I would like to personally see is I would like to see maybe triple the number of scavs at least. And I'd like to see the scavs be more aggressive because I think that what happens right now is that people know where the scavs are just as much as they know where the Ledexes are. And they can either avoid them or trick them or something. And you can do this if you practice or want to practice this by going into an offline way. Try it. I encourage everybody to do this because especially if you are a person who thinks PVE is a waste of time and it's ruining the game, and I'm not being insulting, I'm actually trying to help you understand the benefit of PVE. Go into factory, do an offline raid, turn the scavs to like the impossible insane mode, and set yourself as marked and cursed. And the scavs will do things to you that you've never seen in-game. And it will be an experience as basically how far you can go without just getting over overrun. But you're going to have to pay attention to what you're doing. The scavs are going to act better than a lot of PMCs in the game. And if they could just take that technology and put it into the big maps. And with the offline raid system the way that it is, and that level of intensity for scavs already existing, I do believe that they could do something like that. I think that that would really help uh, change some levels of the game. Yeah, I agree. And and as you were talking about that, I'm thinking back to Diablo. And, and let me explain. When you're talking about having an offline mode and you're talking about horde mode, I'm just thinking about how there's opportunity. Time played in this game should lead to losing money or gear or gaining money or gear. And I'm not sure that having offline not affect anything is the best way. I think you should have the option to do that. But what if regular offline mode had a had a tier where if you go into this offline mode with scav set at this level, you can get this pool of items and you could keep them if you successfully make it out. And maybe if you play on this mode with Horde and the scavs are turned up to this difficulty, it raises the tier class here. And then if you play in the, you know, full online, other players involved, that's when the highest tier loot becomes available on the map or can drop from scavs or whatever. That's what I'm talking about with treasure classes and the options they have where maybe they could implement a PvE in that way. And again, this is me taking what you said, what I thought about over the weekend, and throwing it against the wall just as a, as a thought concept. So that's what that's what I'm talking about with these different combinations of dynamic loot and loot availability. That's how the Diablo method would apply to Tarkov in that way. Yeah, I would also like to see in the live raid maps, the bigger maps, more scavs just in general, because I think that it makes the game more dynamic. Right now, you can avoid all the scavs on the big maps. They generally are in certain places and you just avoid them. I'd like to see dynamic placement of scavs. Maybe player scavs still spawn in the reasonable areas so you can get some loot or whatever. But for AI scavs, I want to see more AI scavs. And then on top of that, I would love to see roaming groups of scavs, like five scavs roaming around in a group. And if you actually run into that, you actually have to figure out how you're going to get yourself out of it. And I think that if they if they took five, like this five scav roaming group concept and made one of them an insane, and then three of them like 
normal and one of them really bad. That way, a, a, a single PMC could actually win that. I think that would be a lot of fun. And people would find the outer areas of the map really, really engaging. And I, I think that's part of the problem why the big maps feel so dead is that there's not enough AI in the game. The maps are great, and I, I think there needs to be more AI in the game. And I've just been thinking about how best implement that recently. Yeah, and there's another cool side effect to that is if there was truly roaming AI, you know, if you chose to engage that, you may have a higher chance of getting your gear back from insurance, right? If you go fight the AI or you encounter them and they get you, it's probably less likely that your, you know, your gear is going to get ran off by somebody. Now, they may have to balance that, right? Like, if you die to a roaming pack, they may take your armor or they may take one of your main slots or something like that. The scavs will. So that way, if someone kills them, someone could grab it. You know, there's a balancing act there. But I, I agree, man. I think it would be really cool if there was more random encounters around the map because it is weird to be like, okay, I can avoid everything if I go here, <laughs> you know, which is nice if you've got a bag full of loot and you're trying to get out and you know where to avoid things, but it does feel pretty desolate at times. And just think how much more engaging all of the quests and tasks that are around kill 25 scavs or kill 10 scavs with a shotgun with headshots. I mean, all of the tasks right now that don't engage me. So they're not really engaging to me. I don't really enjoy the task system. I don't think it does a good job of showing off Tarkov in a way that, you know, all the depth of Tarkov, I don't think the task system does that. And because it's it's just too repetitive, in my opinion, to be interesting. And the farther I've gotten into the game, I've realized, man, the task system could be a lot more interesting if they just added more scavs. Because you can go into a 45-minute raid and only run into two scavs. And you're like, okay, I need to get eight shots this specific way and I kill both these scavs and I just happen to only kill one of them the right way or the way for that task, right? And so it's like, all right, you know, let's go another 45 minute raid. And and that just isn't interesting because it's just not enough availability to complete the task, in my opinion. So I think they could do a lot by just adding more AI. And I really like that idea. Scav loot is dynamic based on how many PMCs are on the map. I love that idea, actually, because it would incentivize people who are loot runners to come in with some you know, some kit because it would be more in their best interest to do some fighting and get some loot because who knows that labs key card or that even the red, even a red card could drop on a scab if the raid's full, you know what I mean? And, and that I think would make, that would change the whole meta. And I, I'm not a huge fan of that concept, but that, that would change the whole meta completely around to make it that you actually had to play the game to have fun and not just copy somebody to have fun so right and and the way the reason i brought that one up specifically was because it it sort of goes to play styles anyway right so somebody who is all about pvp they're going to seek out pvp and they're going to wipe the map right or try to wipe as many people off the map and they're going to get a lot of value out of the loot in this scenario off of killing those other players And then if they choose to go loot a PMC-free map or PMC-sparse map, they may not get as much stuff. So it could make some interesting decisions about how it's played 
and again, I'm not, it's not perfect, right? Someone's going to have, you could shoot holes through this thing left, right, and sideways, right? I get that. I'm just saying that, man, it would be kind of cool if there was more going on than just, I got to run to resort to try to get that Lex, <laughs> you know? Because after a while, you're right, it just becomes super repetitive. And MMOs and action RPGs are known for having repetitive, repeatable farming techniques. And that said, they change those all the time. They'll change the loot tables. They'll change, you know, the different level at which you can get things. They'll change the where those mobs are. They'll change how many there are. And so it, it would add a lot of flexibility to BSG to change the dynamic, right? And they're already doing this with traders. They're already taking concepts from this and applying it to barters. Like, oh, by the way, that Reaper trade is no longer available, so now here's the only way to get it. And this would be a method to do the same thing in raid, or an option to do that. There's a number of ways they can do that. So that, that was really all I wanted to, to bring up, because I just I thought it was interesting how other games do it and how, how it could apply to Tarkov. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that could be our question of the of the week. Let's talk about this. Let's get in Discord and tell us how you think that loot could be changed or if it, even if it should be changed. If you think it's great the way it is, love to hear that. If you think that it could be better or more dynamic to make it more interesting to you while you're playing Tarkov, let's get the talking about that. Go ahead, post an episode feedback in Discord or leave a comment on YouTube and let's keep the conversation going. But that's about it. I'm starting to see that green bar flash, which means that we are almost away from disappearing. But before we do, I want to say thank you, as always, for listening to the show. I appreciate your support on all of the different platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, Deezer, Google. Let's see. Oh, there's so many. iHeartRadio, Facebook Listen now. Notes. <laughs> Listen Notes. All the places. All the places. <laughs> You can find us on any one of those platforms in audio format. And as always, you can find us on youtube.com slash XP Media now in the talk show version of the show where you can actually see Trigger and I do the show. Please leave a comment or a like or a review or whatever your particular platform calls for. If you're happy with the show and we've earned a five-star review and we've earned that like, we've earned that comment, please go ahead and, and leave that. It helps the algorithm on all the different services just spread the show to more people. And that's about it for this week. So as always, good luck with all of your raids this week. We hope that they're all going well and that wherever you are in this part of the wipe, that you're still having a good time for the time that you choose to be in-game. We hope to see you in the Discord and we'll catch you on the next one. See everybody. Thank you. Thank you.